Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Wanted to give you a little special introduction, a little different one, uh, for show number 700. I'm going to have this in uh, four different parts where I talk with each of the difference makers that I've been connected with here over the last few years um, on a topic um, that John Maxwell called uh, Breakthrough. Um, July 15th was the entry into his daily reader. Uh, and it was talking about pivotal moments in life where many of us, the, the guy he was quoting, many of us will have three to nine major pivotal moments in our life. Some could be less, some could be more. Um, but I just wanted to do a little something special for show 700 and uh, this group of people that have been such a big influence on me. Uh, they've made a difference with me. Um, they're mentoring me, teaching me in ways that I never knew uh, could happen, uh, just simply from doing a podcast and connecting with uh, a great group of people. Uh, so sit back and enjoy the different parts. I'm going to try classifying them all as show number 700, parts 1, 2, 3, and 4. And uh, we'll go from there and see how it goes. I appreciate any feedback, any thoughts you have on these topics. Um, reach out to me on any of the social media channels or email, and uh, it'd be great to uh, hear some connections that were made from show number 700. Thank you. Hey, everybody, Coach Daly here, back again with a special guest, and special show, actually. Uh, this recording is happening on July 26th, uh, 2022, which means it's a Tuesday. Um, for when it comes out, uh, it's going to definitely be a different day, and probably with the, some different pieces, too. Um, I got the one and only Coach Dave Rickards on the line here. Um, he's in a different location now, uh, since he has uh, moved residents from uh, Texas to the great state of Tennessee, and he's in flux right now. He's uh, temporary housing, a uh, lot of moving pieces still going on, a um, lot of excitement going on, which uh, wasn't great as far as what he texted me this morning about uh, some shenanigans going around in his apartment with law enforcement and somebody else. It was not Coach Dave uh, that was in trouble, which was good, uh, but he was he woke up a couple times wondering where the heck he was and what was going on, so I do appreciate uh, you, Dave, uh, making some time today to record this, um, and I'm going to get the other difference makers hopefully in on this little topic here. So um, first of all, tell the listeners uh, how you're doing, um, what you've been doing over the last few months. You can just give a quick synopsis and, and go any direction you want to go, but uh, your life's been a little bit interesting lately, hasn't it? Hey, Coach. Good, uh, good to see you, too. Uh, so it's afternoon for both of us, one o'clock here, two o'clock there, but, uh, thanks for having me back on again. And yeah, I think this is my first official recording with you in the great state of Tennessee. Um, so looking forward to it. It's been a while and you keep telling, you calling yourself out on the podcast about, uh, getting guests back on and whatnot. And I'm always that guy that like JD, come on, man. Doesn't need to be me, but let's get somebody. So hopefully Love we can it. get those other difference makers uh, in touch with you and you can compile a beautiful uh, number 700, which is just a huge milestone for you and the podcast world, especially with what you're doing with uh, Sam. And uh, I mean, 700, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I, that, that's really good, especially when you're saying about 80%, you said, 
uh, go untouched for months. Yeah, that's what the stat Sam threw out. It's just uh, blows my mind. Blows my mind. It does. But uh, yeah, the transition of moving from Texas to Tennessee, it's as we'll talk in a little bit, it's uh, part of those turning points uh, from uh, your, your daily reader of John Maxwell, which uh, we'll touch upon in more detail uh, of either breaking down or breaking through. And mm. um, I'll, I'll be honest, it's been a roller coaster. So there's been breakdowns and breakthroughs and I'm not saying anything detrimental. Right. Um, but uh, I, I kind of had, oh, I don't know if it would be an epiphany, but uh, kind of an uh, enlightening moment yesterday, which we can talk in a little more detail. And um, I'm sure you're probably like, yeah, Dave, I've been telling you this last few months. Like, how did you not, just come to realize just now. And yeah, last night, uh, there were, I, I don't need to go into details, but there's an individual that was having a difficult time last night. So unfortunately some law enforcement had to come and, uh, try to get him to get removed from his apartment, uh, unit. And it was a long night. Only got a few hours, but, uh, I'm caught up. At least I feel like I am got my cup of coffee in the afternoon and, um, you know, it go back at it again today and tonight. And, Make it a great day tomorrow. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know what? That you hear about on the news uh, way too often. You know, people uh, breaking down. Um, I like I like your comparison of breakdowns and breakthroughs. Plenty of people having breakdowns during these times and and all throughout life, um, where tough moments hit and uh, they don't know how to handle it. And so, unfortunately, uh, this was something where you know there's a whole bunch of other people that are affected in, in your apartment complex where you're staying right now and. Um, but like you, we talked before we start hitting the record button here, uh, he got removed safely. There's no harm to anybody. And, uh, we just hope everybody's going to be okay and, and moving on with life, but and he can it, get his it, help that he needs. Hopefully. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes to show you again, hopefully another piece where, um, a little gratitude and perspective goes a long way that, Hey, I may have some problems when you sent me the story this morning on the text and I, and I watched the news clip. Um, that was my first thought, you know, as bad as I'm feeling or as upset as I might be, I, it's not that bad. And so that instantly gave me uh, a different frame of mind. So I know it has with you too. Um, and, you know, hopefully he gets a second chance. He can figure his stuff out and move forward in a positive direction. You know, hopefully it works out for him and absolutely. His, his girlfriend that was involved. Absolutely. Well, when you reached out to me and, uh, this was back uh, from July 15th, John Maxwell's uh, little daily reader. Um, there is a consultant that he was talking about um, that talked about, uh, he mentioned one of the best teachers of persistence is your life's critical turning points. Expect to experience three to nine turning points or significant changes in your life. Those transitions can be happy experiences or unhappy such as job losses, divorce, financial setbacks, health problems, death of loved ones. So that's all life right there, right? Those turning points. And so when you reached out to me about this, it got me thinking, which I was thinking when I did that show, um, and I typed up, I think seven or so, I, I did some reflecting over coffee, which is always great to reflect upon. And I came up with a number of points that um, were really looking back turning points in my life, you know, both good and not so good. And um, just kind of wanted to run by, I think, because we all go through these. So I want to run by this with you and the other difference makers and maybe some major ones that you can obviously look back on with perspective and learning from to where you are today. Um, 
So coach, if you, if you want to start, where's, where's one or two early recent, wherever you want to go with this, as far as it really have kind of taught you some lessons and, uh, and uh, what you got out of it. Uh, coach, you go first, man. You're always okay. the one that orchestrates and leads everything <laughs> and always tells other people to go for I mean, you, you do it, man. I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Lead your own show. All right, man. Thank you. That, that, I appreciate that. I wasn't looking yes, for that, but I love that. Um, <laughs> the very first one that came to my mind was my parents choosing to move to Northville, Michigan. Um, I was born in Westland, Michigan. Uh, we lived there for a little bit. We lived in Taylor. Um, Taylor, Michigan is real close to Detroit Metro Airport. Great community, great people. In fact, there's people that I, I've known the longest in my life that moved very close nearby in Northville uh, that um, I grew up with, you know, and, and so great people from there. But my mom was the one who really kind of looked ahead to the future, knowing that, you know what, it's, as nice as this place is, it's probably someplace we don't want to stay um, with the chaos and traffic and, and loudness. Um, and so they moved out to Northville and that helped change my life. Obviously, uh, 1971, they built a house and we moved out there. I was, uh, about five years old. Um, and from that point, my life went into a direction that obviously I had no control of as a little kid, right? I, I didn't say, you know, I don't want to move here. You know, I want to stay where we're at. I had no, no say in the matter, but looking at the series of events that happened from there, the people that have come into my life, the things that have happened, both good and bad, has shaped me to where I am today. Now, I would have ended up somewhere else had we stayed in Taylor or moved somewhere else, right? Um, I would have ended up somewhere else and I wouldn't know any different. But looking back at that impactful move, um, man, I can just, I am very grateful for it. I am very uh, acknowledging of the fact that that was life-changing for me based upon someone else's decisions, my parents. And uh, in fact, I'm going to see them tomorrow and I'm going to bring this up to them. I'm going to thank them again um, because I have a whole new level of gratitude uh, for my parents that I need to keep reminding them and telling them uh, of. But that was the first thing that came to my mind. What was one of the first things that came to yours, Dave? Um, so just to quote, so what, it, you said about five years old, right? Yeah. Did anything go through your head at the time? Or is this more so of you reflecting on this, not necessarily after listening to, uh, or reading your daily reader with Maxwell? I mean, uh, or, I mean, elaborate, I guess, with your gratefulness and the opportunity back in 1971. Yeah, just I remember exciting, uh, exciting times. I remember um, I was old enough to remember going with my mom to look at these houses and to, and to go through the models. Um, and we find they finally picked a lot out. It was a corner lot. Uh, let's see, the corner of Sunnydale and Portis. Uh, great place. Awesome. I still uh, get back there every so often just to drive by and see the house. In fact, last time I was by earlier this year, um, whoever lives there now finally took down the basketball hoop that my dad and I put up over the garage. It was attached to the house. Uh, a lot of great memories of, you know, late nights and, you know, anytime a shot would hit the backboard, you know, that side of the house would shake a little bit. And my mom and dad, especially my mom would come to the door, get inside. It's too late. You're making too much noise. And, uh, but I just remember, you know, no grass, um, 
you know, starting off with, with the house, bare bones. Um, my buddy, Scott Warden, moving in across the street about the same time. We went to kindergarten together. He was in our wedding. Um, just the families that I grew up with instantly brought me back uh, to those people that were just an integral part of me growing up and um, just having a great childhood, which kept me going in a great direction to where, you know, things have turned out pretty dang well. I'm, I'm, I'm very say. blessed. I'm very blessed. And uh, looking back, that was just part of uh, part of that journey. So it's a reflective moment. I can go back crystal clear and see things. Wow. Close my eyes and those feelings, the emotions. Um, there, it's a foundation for me, Dave, as far as who I am, and uh, it, it it definitely holds to the truth of you can never forget where you came from because it's part of you. Lessons, good and bad, right? And so, um, yeah, definitely, it has reminded me of the foundation of my life. Really, man, beautiful. Let's. I mean, wish everybody was able to, you know, have that breakthrough turning point uh, fork in the road that they chose to have such a optimistic viewpoint at five years old. And then obviously you didn't know what uh, impacts and obviously positive impacts and foundational moments that was going to lead to the rest of your life. Um, but for you to be a five-year-old and just, just, well, I mean, nothing's changed. Look at you. You're still that five-year-old. Um, just He's, in there. A little bit. He's in there yeah. somewhere, coach. <laughs> and it just, just to have that mentality of such a huge turning point in your life. And now you look back at it and you're like, you know, it, it turned out all right. In fact, it turned out fantastic because yeah. you're blessed for, for that turning point to be su such a breakthrough in your life. And I mean, it took you to where you're at right now. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How, how about one of your points? Um, so the, my first thing was, and I even texted you the three to nine, right. And the first thing I thought about was like, I feel like that's low. And mm. maybe I've just, and again, it depends on what you determine what a turning point is, you know? And he did say it's both uh, um, adversity or sad or uh, happy moments in your life. Um, it's just a significant uh, points. But I mean, I've got 16. I've got 16 wow. between deaths, um, marriage, moves, um, job changes. Mm. Um, even uh, a relationship that uh, I had with my high school sweetheart for three years. I mean, um, I mean, she's three years a part of my life, especially during a vital time when I was in, uh, you know, adolescence. But uh, a lot of deaths. I mean, uh, between my godfather, my uncle, my two grandparents, my great aunt, and then my dad in mm. uh, 2016. And then uh, what I had to go through with my daughter in 2020. So just... Uh, I mean, a lot of those things uh, jumped off the page for me. And uh, it was just, uh, I just get those visions in my head of um, at the church and uh, the funeral home mm. of uh, the absoluteness, um, the finality. It's just, uh, it's, it's nothing's going to change. That's the way it is. Um, and it was the nineties, the nineties is, it might've been late eighties for my godfather. It was either 89, maybe, or 1990 or something like that. But, um, I don't know if he had Lyme disease or something similar to that, but, um, he, uh, he's like my dad's best friend and he was a basketball coach. So I always remember being in the gym and <laughs> they'd have that big tarp up and he'd be on one side. My dad would be on the other side because my dad coached his kids because they're older kids. And then he had younger kids. So. 
Um, we were always over at their house or softball diamonds and that kind of stuff. But then just seeing him laying there lifeless and, mm. you know, um, and then my uncle, which is my dad's brother, um, seeing him deteriorate with his uh, dementia. And then my mom getting the phone call about uh, having cancer that she wasn't supposed to survive, but she's said, this isn't supposed to be me. It's not my time. And she figured out she's got six kids and a husband and she, it's not her time. And then um, again, my grandparents having to go see them both, all that stuff. Um, but then, you know, moving down to Texas was a huge turning point too, because I told myself after graduating, I was not going to substitute forever. I was going to take advantage of the time in 2010, got married, graduated. And then uh, my wife, Ashley, and I trucked down to uh, Texas for 12 years. And I'll kind of leave it at that. And, you know, they're just breakthrough moments of, like I said, the absoluteness of mm -hmm. just that person is not going to come back. And that we're not, all destined, we're all destined for that. I was going to ask, what was the overriding message you took away from all these deaths that you have been through you and your family? Uh, just, I mean, breakdown, definitely, but breakthroughs too. Nice. Um, yeah. Like I said, even with what's been going on with uh, Tennessee, it's been a, a roller coaster. Um, just understanding that uh, tomorrow does not always come for not only ourselves, but anybody that we are interacting with. And that, uh, you know, the, the more days we waste, whether mm. whatever it is, you lay down and feel bad for yourself, um, you, you have a pity party or do this or that, the opportunities that you lose, you don't have those. Right. Um, and if somebody asks for help and you're able to, why not? Why not go and help that person? Love that. Love that. Yeah, that it drives home the message of the time that we do have, we should probably use it as well as we can. Right. And, and to keep learning when we don't use it well and we mess up. OK, you know what? Stay there a little bit, figure it out, but get back going in the right direction to where you start making Without a doubt. Absolutely. Fixing some stuff. Well, I mean, part of the thing that I like what you brought up is of going through these things together with someone else, a significant other, right? You and your wife were part of these things. You and your family were part there for the other things. And um, I think it, it takes a tribe to get through these things. It's very hard to fly through life solo and to go through the ups and downs. Um, and so as crazy as things are, you definitely know this too shall pass. There's something to look forward to, uh, but you also realize, man, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a given that tomorrow's going to be here, you know? And so let me try my best today and, and, and to keep improving, man. I love that. That's great stuff. Yeah. Spot on brother. Yeah, definitely. A couple others on mine as we wrap this up here in the short little stint that we have. Um, yes, sir. The education, uh, both attending my high school and my college, obviously, um, and I look back, especially the college, the high school, definitely my parents, it was a private high school, Catholic Central. Nice. Um, my parents definitely had a say in that, but I was excited too. I mean, if I definitely really didn't want to, maybe I could have vetoed the deal. I don't know. <laughs> I, I could have from the standpoint of messing up and getting, getting asked to leave or thrown out. Right. Um, but I knew it was, a, I knew it was a good thing for me based upon what I knew of people that went there before. Um, and what I knew of my parents, the reasons why they wanted me to go there. 
Central was, you know, for me, kind of a crapshoot, kind of a, you know, hey, I like it. I got some people I know that went there. They have some things that I'm interested in. I applied to two other places out of state, um, got into both of those, Kentucky and uh, Bowling Green. Um, but really, you know, the reality hit that, no, John, you don't want to go anywhere else. And so to have Central Michigan University change my life as it did, both. For, well, that professor that you said you walked in. Absolutely. And it absolutely. just transformed you. Yep. You knew Dr. hotel Rose management Cook. and that stuff. You, you were. Yep. All that other stuff kind of just like disappeared. Um, so the influence of others in our lives when we cross paths. And I've been hearing that a lot lately in some of the other podcasts I've been listening to. Uh, just tremendous stuff, tremendous stuff. And obviously, you know, me and my wife there too, um, changed my life unbelievably so. So the education pieces for me were, were pretty instrumental. Anything else in the last uh, couple minutes that we got here together, my friend? Yeah, so like I said, I, uh, I do some audio recordings and one of the things I did yesterday, <clears throat> and I haven't uh, compiled these yet to what I'm going to do. And one day I'll figure that out, hopefully with your help. Um, Absolutely. But uh, so, yeah, 2020, I had my opportunity finally to become a head coach, right? And uh, that was my, I wouldn't say it's my career dream, but it definitely was one of my huge goals and dreams and uh, ambitions. And uh, what I want to do is I want to be a head uh, basketball high school coach. Um, and I was able to obtain that. And it, uh, it was like ripped away from me um, it, out of my, it was not my choice. It was my wife had an opportunity that uh, I supported her. Um, I didn't want to, but um, I, I did. And I understand where she was going uh, with that. So, you know, I backed her up. I was, you know, I was spiteful. I was, you know, breaking down a little bit, I guess you could say. And it was just one of those things that I didn't want my head coaching to be done. I, mm -hmm. I didn't. I wanted that to be more on my terms, you know, whether I uh, coached for another two, two or three years or one year with that program and then decided, to pursue a, uh, another opportunity somewhere else. Uh, but I wanted to more so it be on my terms. And unfortunately that, that just didn't happen. You know, again, life throws us curveballs, and you got to figure out how to make the most out of those and how to adapt to it and uh, be flexible. But um, what a great opportunity I have right now. I mean, it just, this, this is a blessing in disguise because I'm taking a back seat now, mm. instead of me coaching for the next 20 years as a head coach, now I get to learn more and I get to redefine my craft and re-envision my craft and learn from somebody else, take a back seat. And I don't have to rush to get back on that. If you want to call it a throne of being a head coach, um, I can really hone in on what I want to do, focus in on my family, enjoy the moments that I would take the time that I wouldn't have as a head coach and figure out what path I want to take down the road and, you know, really kick some ass the next time I'm a head coach and take everything I've got instead of, like I said, I mean, life put me in this position. I didn't necessarily put myself in this position and it's an opportunity. It's a blessing that I'm going to have that I've got to take advantage of mm. and really, like I said, re-envision and perfect my craft as much as I can and reflect on the two years of my head coaching and figure out what, what was good. What was, what, what needs improvement, what, what, what was good, but still needs to be perfected and, experiment some more and figure out what, you know, what I'm going to do to maximize my potential in the next, who knows, few years. So that's kind of an epiphany. Love it, man. I love the, the angle that you took of reflection and finding the good in it, even though it didn't start out that way. 
and you didn't stay in that spiteful mode, you know. Like you, I said, you, it's been a roller coaster. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So that is that is awesome because I think if we take that reflective look at it and that take that step out, we can see the benefits that are there for us. And now that you are in the passenger seat or the back seat of coaching, man, there, there's going to be so many more doors open up for you, philosophy-wise, relationship-wise, experience-wise, that coming up soon, next year, two years, five years, there's going to be things happen to you, brother, that would have never happened if you just if you stayed where you were. Man, I love that. What a, what a great place to end there, my friend. Uh, I look forward to uh, probably delving into this a little bit more, obviously, with our group, but. Um, maybe after we get everybody else chiming in, all of us can get together and talk. Yeah, to have a roundtable. Yeah, because I love the angle of the the breakdown, breakthrough, the ups and downs, the roller coasters. That well, we and everybody, yeah, it's life. It's, Absolutely, it's, it's life. And for people not to, as we continue to go back, look at the man in the mirror and go. deny it and deny it. Like denial is the worst thing you can do. Right. I mean, lying to yourself. That's right. Fessing up. Ownership. Take ownership. Take yes. responsibility. And then things are only going to get better. Love that, my friend. Love that. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me on this, uh, Dave. And thanks for you know pushing me from the standpoint of, hey, you said having a guest, let's go. Hey, this is a great topic. What, what are yours? And so you are definitely um, a great assistant to me, my friend, as far as uh, leading, helping me lead my life better. So I do appreciate it. Well, congratulations, man. 700, that's an enormous milestone. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Hopefully you enjoyed that part with Coach Dave and others are coming. So we'll talk again soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you sharing this podcast with others, leaving a rating wherever you listen to it. That helps other people find it. And I appreciate your time always taking time to listen to my podcast wherever you may be. So once again, find me over on Facebook at coach to expect success over on Twitter at coach to success coach John Daly on Instagram and coach to expect success.com. There's the website. Check out the homepage. The book list is there. Reach out to me there on the homepage. You can send me a message. Check out the blog as well. And again, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. All right. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.